Welcome to North Beats from North Beach. I'm your host, Corey Luna. North Beats podcast is supported by myself. Go to patreon.com forward slash North Beats to help support funding. If you pledge $8, I will mail you my first album, Lexiviate, on cassette tape and a digital download code from bandcamp.com. It is February 29th, 2020, and as I came into my studio, there were two items waiting at my door, both from Seattle, Washington, Waveform Magazine, Issue 3, and the last pod mod shirt size small from Tim Held. Start of a good day. Two days ago was the first Digital Grass open mic for electronic musicians and DJs, hosted at 19 Broadway in Fairfax, California. Our next open mic is March 26. If you live in the, nor- in the North Bay Mer- by Marin County, please come by and play with us. This will be a monthly event for those 21 and over. The first Digital Grass featured myself, Dylan909, Aton Leon, Fetzer, and Malarkey. We had a nice time. Peaked is a monthly meetup for electronic musician makers and enthusiasts. I am the MC and booker. Rich Hogben is the master audiovisual technician. We are hosted each month at Supply Frame in San Francisco. On September 18th, Peaked featured Need for Storms and M.0. Here is the recording of that evening.
camera's off? Yep. Hey, how, how can you beat that? Jeez, we just went into the Terminator right in time. Okay, let's get the spacecraft back. I need a shield gun. Here, here's this thing. Need for storms, everyone. Hi. Dorian, thanks for coming out and playing tonight. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about your set tonight, and specifically, I really want to hear about the drums you were doing. So I'm not using that many loops, but the drums are definitely loops. Uh, I wrote those in uh, uh, Superior Drummer. So uh, just the way that I compose this stuff is just, you know, I'll practice, you know, with the modular or something like that, record that out, and then I'll, in Logic, I'll just sit there and write some drums to it, and then it's super iterative after that. Like, oh, this isn't working, I'll go back and tweak it or something. Uh, I still haven't quite figured out a, a better workflow for that, but. Yeah, I, I really like the sound of acoustic drums, even though it's, you know, that kind of stuff is all, you know, it's recorded and all that stuff, but it's, I, I like that sound. So. Now, and tell me about the interface, the, the, uh, the electron you're using in conjunction with everything. Uh, so the whole setup is the, there's the, uh, there's the modular, and then it goes, uh, there's an effects loop, the beginning, you know, is an effects loop, and then, the electron is really just kind of acting as a looper. So you have into the electron, there's three loops that I'm going, so I'll usually just kind of trigger these loops and they're pitch shifting, they're adding distortion, you know, just ways of expanding something that's already being played through the modular. Uh, that kind of comes from, you know, I used to be a guitarist and like I like loopers, I like, you know, what you can do with that and then kind of getting this chorus of all these loops going on. But it's all, you know, it's without it being these all pre-recorded things. So. And tell me about the concept you have for this piece. I know that you co you a lot of your work comes from emotion. Uh, so this one is more of a, um, I just wanted to make something that sounded cool. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a lot of times whenever I, uh, I write stuff at home, if I'm working just purely in logic, um, it's really just still the same set. Uh, yeah, no, it, a lot of times it's um, like I'll write a story or something like that and then compose to that uh, because I need something to write to. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, there, there's this like high-minded thing that I'm trying to do with it or something that it, I really don't need to tell anybody because honestly, if they like it, they like it. If they don't, then cool, awesome. But uh, yeah, for this one, it was really just you know trying to make something that kind of played in front of people and hopefully it did. I think it came out extremely well, and you, I, you have the entire audience transfixed. Thank you. Now, can we take some questions from the audience for Dorian today? I'd love to know how you planned and implemented transitions in your work. Uh, there's a lot of volume writing. <laughs> uh, I, I actually don't know how to do like, you know, I've seen some people do really, really creative things with the transitioning from, you know, they're playing multiple tracks or, you know, trying to put together a 20-minute set that was essentially three pieces. Um, I'm honestly just kind of fading between them, and luckily there's, like, these droney bits that sound okay when you fade between them. Uh, it's really just kind of keeping everything in one key uh, and just hopefully it kind of worked. Mm -hmm. um, 
they're like the little rings bit, the little poppy bit at the very end. Um, that was really just kind of converting, you know, a melodic rings line, kind of using uh, noise to kind of modulate it, make it into a drum piece, and then fading back into something more melodic. Um, and it's really just about being just, you know, soft with it as possible, rather than these hard transitions. Something that I noticed from your set is how prepared you are. Tell me a little bit about how much you thought about this before you got here tonight. I, I took me about two weeks to write it. Um, I'm pretty jealous of the people that can just like, oh, I jammed this weekend and came out with gold. <laughs> like, I, I can't do that. Um, and it, especially because like I am also incorporating all these other loops, the drum parts, you know, I'm going to this entire other computer world to write that stuff and make sure that works. Um, so yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a lot of preparing. Um, as far as just kind of how it all came about, I, I do do the jam thing um, as much as I can. And then like I said, I will you know, bring that into Logic, re-loop stuff, you know, see what works, see what doesn't. Um, and then like, I'll usually record it and then share it with friends and you know, kind of get their take on it. And then usually by the time that I perform it, it's pretty different from when I was first even happy with it. Just because the more you play this stuff, the more familiar you get with it. And, you know, hopefully not make so many mistakes. I think it came out extremely well. And it really feels, the entire piece feels very well rehearsed and cohesive. Appreciate it. Thank you. Do we have any other, other questions from the audience? Yes. Hey, um, yeah. I thought it sounded really great, too. Um, it was awesome. I want to know, was everything running through the Q-Pass or just some stuff? Or what, what was going through the Q-Pass, I guess? Uh, well, so everything's actually more linear than it looks. Um, at the end of the day, every, uh, what do you mean by Q-Pass? I'm sorry. That, the, that was the, that new make noise, um, is that what it's called? The filter? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically a post effects. Um, yeah. You can use it in so many different ways. But yeah, everything is running through that. Everything's going through that. It sounded so cool. Like stereo field was like, yeah. you guys' sound system is awesome. Like it sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, no, every, everything's running through We there. turned it up. I, I made them turn it up. Uh, so the uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, the key pass and the rings is a post effects chain <laughs> before the octatrack, and then the real post effects chain, which is the uh, the three pedals on top. So it's drowning in reverb and all that stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, I did forget to turn all that stuff down when the drums came in. <laughs> so it was like, oh crap! But uh, yes. Are you ever uh, tempted to route the octatrack? Back into the uh, Euro rack and try to like ride that uh, dragon. I I really really want to. I can't figure out how to do that though because I'm using uh, the only way I can figure out how to make kind of an effects loop from the octatrack is using the Q output and I'm using that to tr like to record uh, all my loops. And there's a couple times when I actually changed you know what's being recorded either the direct from the Euro rack or other loops, um, kind of resampling. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of already using that feature, uh, but yeah, I really want to do that. It's kind of a dragon to ride, though. So, uh, hi. Speaking of riding the dragon, uh, could you talk a little bit about your octatrack slide guitar solo? That was particularly <laughs> compelling. Uh, and, and that was the one part. That there was no euro rack involved in that. Um, that was a, a, a bass guitar line that I wrote like three years ago, I think, and just, again, drowning in reverb and a lot of, you know, shimmer stuff. And that is a, about a three minute long loop. 
Uh, and on top of that, it's, you know, it's in the key of A. So I realized the Octatrack has a resonator. And through all the, um, the crossfading stuff, you can just pick all the notes and just kind of do this little kind of like slinky line through it. And it's like, originally I was gonna try to be, like actually play it like a little keyboard thing, but it wasn't quite working. I kind of like the slinky bit anyway. So, but yeah, that was totally no year rack at all in that. So. Beautiful set. Thank you for playing. Thank you. Uh, question about your guitar, guitar pedals and how they're implemented. You said the top three, the Strymons, are on the end of everything, but the other ones are in a looper. Ex explain that, please. Also, for the cue out, have you ever thought about using a quarter-inch headphone splitter? It goes from one to two, so you could just send one out to maybe split it that way to send it back into the modular. Talking about riding a dragon, man. That's <laughs> that would be yeah, it'd be pretty intense. Um, we could definitely try. Um, so the pedals are uh, yeah, the top three are the end of the chain. So that's going directly. I've got this little recorder here, and that goes into the mixer, and that's what you're hearing. Uh, the how many pedals is it? Five pedals in the uh, in, in the bottom. That's an effects loop that is going to. There's like a, an effects loop module over there. Um, yeah, so that's that's one place, and actually in this one, I mean, it's not super obvious, but uh, all the, the the voices and everything, it's all being processed by that. I usually try not to do that. Um, what I want to do is actually build like this custom DIY board that would allow me to like swap out pedals on the fly and you know kind of make a little modular setup that way, and then say like okay, and then have multiple effects loops. And it's like okay, cool, distortion on this one, and like you know the I don't know the, the the thermae pitch shifty bit on this other voice and stuff like that, but um, I haven't explored that yet. Thank you. Any other questions from the audience tonight for Need for Storms? Yes. So um, you do a lot of this post-processing, a lot of effects and all of that, and I just wanna, I guess I wanna hear a little bit more about you're thinking with that and specifically like like how do you do so much but not end up with mud? <laughs> I don't know. Because like, honestly, like I, I don't get to hear it through these big systems, so it's it's kinda luck to be honest. I I really I, I don't know, I kinda got into this stuff, you know, I'm I'm a guitarist and I like guitar pedals, but when you play guitar you have this piece of wood in front of you and I play this note, and that's what I play. And then when you kick on a pedal, you're not over there, unless you're in, like, in a shoegaze band or something, you're not there twisting stuff all the time. But I wanted to do that. So all the pedals are, like I'm writing them as much as I can, um, kind of taming them when I need to. I mean, there's definitely times when it, you know, if I had left that reverb at the end on, it absolutely would have just been mud. Um, and then you try to pick the pedals for the job. Um, some of them, like, I, I, there's a couple that I didn't kick on at all because it's like I kind of liked how the bass was going and it's, that would kill the bass because it's just what it does. Um, so, yeah, I guess I don't have a good answer. It's total luck. <laughs> I, I wish I was that, I wish I was really, uh, really thought about it and like that analytical about it, but it's total luck. Maybe you just have great taste. What? I said maybe you just have great taste. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you mentioned that you start writing from uh, from a narrative place. So you'll, you'll, you'll construct a narrative, and then you're writing on top of that narrative. Then you go through a highly iterative process to get to whatever the finished version of the piece is. For you, so it's obviously extremely well considered, whether 
that be through your exceptional taste or a skill that you're not telling us about. Um, uh, but to your ear, like, what are you listening for to know when you're satisfied with where a piece is? Is it still connected to that initial narrative, or have you kind of let go of that by the time you get to the uh, uh, end of writing something like this? For a performance, it's like the narrative's gone. And actually, more specifically for this one, there was no narrative. Um, usually when I try to write something, like I, I write these like long, flowy, ambient pieces that, you know, total background stuff. Um, but in, in those, in order to get something that's interesting, it's to me, it's not enough just to go like, oh, that's pleasing. You know, I like that timbre there. Okay, we'll make that work. But it's, I, I like to have like a story in my head that I'm narrating to. I, I have a friend that like runs a D&D campaign. And I want to like score this thing so badly. <laughs> Um, because again, it's it's about telling stories. You know, I work in an industry that's all story based. That could be a night here. It's, <laughs> we could do it. Yeah. Careful. So uh, yeah, at the end of the day, um, it's for this one. It was just kind of jamming to see what worked. Which is, you know, I said that I don't do that. But for playing something live, I don't really know how I perform the other ambient stuff and make it interesting and make it uh, so you've actually got some influence over it. Because I. I mean, there's not really nothing wrong with it, but I, I don't like to just hit play and like bring in scenes and, you know, I want to be doing something with it. So maybe like a Max MSP patch or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, when, when doing this stuff, it's really just about like, how can you stay engaging and make something sound interesting? Uh, the time that I finally just was like, I really like modular is when I fed, like I have that, the woggle bug, which is like, they have a couple noise outs. If you feed that into the filter resonance, it sounds really fucking cool. And you can play with that. And it's, yeah, it, it, I was hooked. Because again, that's interest. And at the same time, um, you don't have to do that much. <laughs> so, and so you're concentrating on other things, is what I'm saying. Well, thank you, man. Uh, any other questions for the audience? Well, Dorian, I want to thank you again very much for playing tonight. I really enjoyed your set. I think everybody here really enjoyed your set tonight. Everybody, let's hear it again for Need for Storms. Thank you. Thank, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Well, before we roll for initiative, we're going to take a little break over here, and we'll be coming back with M.0. Second set. We've got M.0 playing. He just released an album back in August. And we'll talk about that after his set. But please, everybody, enjoy M.0.
destruction, upheaval, unrest, death, destruction, upheaval, unrest,
And point zero, everyone. Thank you very much, my God, Maurice. Thanks. I have to come down a second. <laughs> so much more intense on the PA. That was a very energetic set you just played. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about how you prepared for tonight. Now it's a little fuzzy, because I just jam every day. So um, it's like experiment with different stuff. So like, I'd say about last week, I started taking elements that I dug and then trying to get it to fit within a 20 minute set. So I first saw you play maybe in either 2018 or 2017 at Church of the Super Surge at Robot Speak. And over the years, over the past two years, you know, we've come across each other at resonant frequencies, resonant a little bit. And since we started Peaked, I noticed that you were coming every time. And, I'm, and again, I want to say thank you so much for coming out and being a participant and finally playing for yeah, us. Thanks. Well, I love coming out because I want to support because I really appreciate what you guys are doing. You know, you, resident, Resonance SF. I mean, for all the artists, you know. Um, it's really appreciated, you know, because I was just talking to someone that um, uh, I, the first time I played was at Resident, and it was just like, I've been messing with modular on the side, because I do regular productions, and I was just curious to see what it would be like to play. So once I played, of course, I was hooked. So, um, and there's so many of us out there that have modular setups, and would, you know, just opportunity to play, even if you've never played before, you know, so thanks to you. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. I, I couldn't, this doesn't happen unless there's people to play. So. <laughs> Catch 22. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, uh, tell me, I, I, I love the panning. That was something that I, I caught on right away and was, you know, fluent throughout. And tell me a little bit about setting that up. I love doing panning just because I'm thinking in terms of, because all my drums are mono, and the percussions are stereo, but the main drums are mono. So by setting up pans, it actually gives it a wider stereo feel, you know, so. And I'm really sense. big into sound. <laughs> I mean, wideness of sound. <laughs> that makes sense. Actually, actually, you know, saying it's, they're mono, for that aspect of doing the panning, that really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's something that I didn't think about. Yeah, it's something I've experimented with, um, just in terms of, because it's always difficult to find the right balance for your drums in a mix. So by having the drums and the bass in mono, that's their space, you know, and everything else can do whatever, but that's their space. So that'll always cut through. That's a, that's a great concept. <laughs> I had Trial and error. <laughs> uh, so tell me a little bit more about uh, the modules you're really focusing on on this set. Uh, let's see. Uh, at some point, they all made an appearance. Um, but like, uh, Instruo, that's how you pronounce it? I'm using that. I don't even remember names, but I'm using their uh, six HP module for bass. And then uh, most of my ARPs are on the Roland System 500. And um, yeah, I just 
I love that Rolling Sound. It's just classic. So, um, and that gives me, so that's, those are my foundational modules. And then that lets me play around with everything else. So as long as I know there's a solid groove there, then I can have fun in the background. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, and I get that so much from Rolling myself. I get that, you know, I'm a 606 guy myself, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, that's actually how I got into modular, because when I was really young, I saw this interview with Depeche Mode, and they listed their instruments. And so I saw the System 700 listed, and I didn't know what that was. Like, I thought I knew, you know, all the other stuff, but I didn't know what that was. And then so I searched it, which I didn't even really have internet then, so I don't know how I did that. But um, I searched it and saw it, and I just, I had no idea a synthesizer could look like that. So over, and of course it was completely unattainable. So over the years, I've gone, I've kept up with it, but I always thought of modular as being impractical. And then, yeah, in 2015, they put out the System 500, and I was like, word. So, yeah. It was a big uh, jump from like, say, like the Human League when they were playing like a System 100. Right. Yeah, and the 100, Human League and then Aphex Twins. So all the tracks, and I didn't know that at the time, but when I go back and listen to tracks that I really love, they all had either one of those instruments in it. So. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> I love that sound. Yeah. It's really fantastic. <laughs> Do we have any questions from the audience for M.0's set tonight? I'm curious to hear what, uh, compared to like your uh, production processes on other instruments or on the computer, what does the modular bring out of you that's different? Um, so I've been, my day job is producing and composition and stuff. So I sit in front of the computer forever, which I love, but, and it has to do with how records are made now, which is, it's, it's become its own art. So you spend a lot of time creating these pieces and putting together these jigsaw puzzles, which is great, but I realized that I stopped playing, you know? So um, I didn't even have a tension of performing. I just needed something that I could step away and actually play. So that actually, what, drew me into it, you know? And I'm not like a purist. I'll use whatever you put in front of me. But this just was kind of like my me time. And then after a while, I was like, oh, this is kind of rocking. So then I started performing. That was awesome. Thank you, sir. And also, um, when you uh, you know when you move over to your Iraq, you're, you kind of develop a different attitude towards the instrument, and I assume you take some of that sort of attitude or that approach back to the other music. It it has to inform it. What uh what specifically like did you bring back like right away the second you like you know tried your Iraq? You're like oh, right no this is the way I ought to be making music over in like real, the real world. Well, first of all, I've always been jealous of guitarists and violinists because, you know, I played, I did not achieve any greatness whatsoever, but I played cello for a little bit in college, you know, and you were just like, this is my instrument, you know, so just that personal feeling of, and then you, you create or curate everything that's in there, so it's really personal. So, um, so that brought back just that vibe and that love of playing, you know, so even when I go back to the computer, that just feels rejuvenated. 
And then also on the synthesizer side, um, just breaking it. It's funny, people like to say that modulars are com complicated, but they're actually simple compared to everything else. And so by breaking stuff down into their component parts, you know, I think of, you know, like I wail on a regular synthesizer now, you know, so, um, and then so those go, that influence goes back and forth, you know, because one of the goals I had for this is I want to be able to achieve some level of parity with how I play on traditional synthesizers. So they go, they feed each other for sure. Thank you, Roy. So all the panning was done in the WMD mixer? Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm sending, I use different sources, but tonight I'm using the, um, God, I just brain freeze. I'm using, oh, Batumi. So, but I use whatever, you know, um, just depending. Um, so I'm wondering, <clears throat> you had like a crap ton of layers and it was amazing and awesome. Uh, I'm wondering where you find the next layer because like, I mean, like you've already got so much going on. Like how do you find your next sound source to make something else happen after you have like already? Well, tonight was an exception. <laughs> At the end, that was the first time I've ever just opened up everything. Because I kept adding stuff, and I'm all, whoa, it's still working. And I had another one. So by the end, yeah, that was just everything. So normally what I do is um, I, I, I go through, I don't, like, pr I program really simple sequences. That way I can either play them, manipulate them, change them. And so, um, I, let me, well, let me start with this. Like, my foundation is the beat, you know, because I'm used to playing with drummers. So I, I ha if I have a solid beat, you know, I put some probability in so I could feel like I'm playing with someone. And then uh, I just go through and be sure that each layer works in any combination and with the beat. So even if I don't know what's going on, I know it's gonna be somewhere in the park. And if it's not, I can dial it in real quick. Um, so, so theoretically, I should be able to layer all of them you know, so, which is what I explored tonight. But, um, and then, yeah, and then, and then the way I have them layered, I can bring in a different sequence um, while another sequence is going. So it's just about just bringing stuff in and out. I, I, guess, I guess I'm just asking sort of like, because, I mean, one of the things about modular, right, is that like, you know, you're like, okay, like, I want another voice. Well, that's like uh, another, you know, VCO and like VCA and like filter and like there's another thousand dollars, right? Um, <laughs> so it's sort of like, like, are, are you reusing a lot of stuff through the, through the performance, like using different voices for different purposes? Right, so I have this like, motto, just because you have them doesn't mean you, you, you have to use them. So I do have a lot of voices on standby. You know, so, well, not a lot, but reasonable. And then, yes, I can change stuff um, while something else is playing. And then, um, and yeah, and then dynamics. That's the thing, you know, because that's the part we all forget. So um, I, I, I keep it pretty minimal. 
And then when you, because if you start at 10, there's nowhere to go. Even though tonight I did go to 11, but. Um, uh, so that's important to me. So I keep a lot of stuff stripped down. And I can be changing stuff while one thing is playing, but I rarely, if ever, have all voices going at the same time, you know? Excellent. Any other questions from the audience over here? Um, how do you practice transitions? Good question. That's actually, so that's what I focus on when I jam. So it could be, I could have anything happening musically, but I can get to transition. So when I, my practice routine is I practice transitions, I practice breakdowns, I practice fills, and I practice drops. You know, so that's how I spend my time jamming. And so, once it's just like working on a track. So, like, if you change from one thing to another, or if you want to drop it down, it's all about the fill, you know? So, um, so that way I can give the impression that, wow, that's totally a track, you know? But it's the fills that do it. So, yeah, I focus on that. Um, yeah, that's pretty, irregardless of what I have on the patched up, so. Something that I was curious about is you've recently put out an album called Streams from the Unconscious, and which is on Bandcamp, and everybody check it out, please. Tell me a little bit about getting that, that album together. Uh, so this album, and the, I did one late last year um, called Rituals in Time. The, so once again, like, so my day gig is production and just sitting there. So my, what I wanted to do with these albums is record them live. You know, challenge myself to record live, no overdubs, just straight, you know? Because when I, I, I started out as a recording engineer, my favorite sessions are punk sessions, you know? Because those guys just come in, energy, we're done, you know? Like you can record and mix like a punk album in like two days, you know? Like so. And, I, and that's part of why I got into playing Modulo too. I just miss that energy. You know, I'll still multi-track at times, but I just wanted the challenge of, you know, practicing, getting the levels, and just recording it out. And so that's, so, so those albums are more of an exercise just to keep me on my toes, basically. And, um, and then also, <laughs> I was, you know, the music business is so strange right now that an album, even you're like you're like this is the best album this year, you'll probably listen to it for a week max. Well, a traditional album takes six to nine months to make, you know? So I was just like, well, I'm not gonna spend six to nine months, you know? So both albums I did in about two weeks, you know? And so part of it was just efficiency, you know? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the tracks that really stuck out to me was By the River. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I like that, you know, within this album, there is a transition where there is, you know, a lot of techno, but there's also some down tempo, which, is, which it gets more ambient. And, it's, and I really like that you went from that transition because all the live sets I, I've seen you play, they're all techno, very, very strong forward. And 
I wanted to let you know that I really appreciate that you Thanks. went into a different place in your albums. Yeah, I approach albums and live stuff differently. Live stuff is about engaging the audience, but um, my album stuff, I just kind of want you to chill and listen to it. So I want like different variety. Old school, you know, where albums had like, here's your fast track, here's your jam, slow track, you know, so, and I'm pretty chill when I'm at home, so that affects my vibe. But I definitely want, because the stuff I play live, I don't think would translate as well for the listener if you're at home or doing whatever you're doing, so that's kind of like the attitude behind that. Okay. I hadn't thought about it like that. But thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and that thank was, you. you know, it's a good album. It's a really nice album. Don't make me blush in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, Maurice, thank you so much for coming out today and playing for us. It was a great set. Everybody really enjoyed it. It took us a little second to get the audio up, but <laughs> we did pretty good. <laughs> I had a question. So you're wearing headphones when you're performing. What is the, the thought process behind that? Because in a way, it seems like it might isolate you from the crowd. But if, sorry, go ahead. Well, two things. One, we don't have a PA set up too. <laughs> we don't have a PA for the actual performer set up. Well, even if there was that, Monitor, I, I don't. I don't use monitors because um, I, I use headphones because like there's subtle nuances that happen that might take me in another direction. Whereas even with monitors, it's a wall of sound. And then two, I do isolate myself from the audience. Because I've played gigs where like, people are right next to you. So how was your week? And you're like, you know, I'm just like, so um, it's just, it's also immersive, you know? And third, it saves my hearing because mon uh, monitors are brutal, you know? So yeah. Thank you, great set. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, everybody, thanks again, Maurice. I really want to say thank you again very much. It's M.0 is his band name. You can find him on Bandcamp. He plays around here in the Bay Area as well. And he's got, and you've got an Instagram account as well. Is that right? Yeah, it's there. You know, I'm not the best okay. social media person, but yeah, <laughs> it's there. Yeah. So you can find him. Also, Need for Storms, he's got a Bandcamp under the same name as well as an Instagram account. If you want to follow them as well, please do. I want to thank everyone for coming out to Peak again. This is a really fun thing we're doing here. It doesn't happen without the musicians. We've got some people here in the, in the audience, Roy, Lackland, that have, been, been play, have played here before, and we've got some other people in the audience who are coming up, and I'm really excited about that, and I really appreciate the camaraderie and the community that is coming together here. It's really something special. I want to thank everybody who's coming here. We've got, and also I want to help and promote the other you know, live things that are going on out here. We've got Resident that happens in San Francisco on the first Tuesday of every month, or the second Tuesday, I forget, sorry. And then there's always Resident Frequencies, which is the first Sunday of every month, which is a fantastic live show. If you haven't gone, you really have to experience it. So thank you everybody very much again for coming out to Peaked. This is our sixth show. You all have a good night. Thank you.